Welcome to the Collaborate podcast. I'm Victor Adibuali, chair and founder of Collaborate. Collaborate's a small organisation with massive ambition. We want to look beyond the challenges we currently face in society and start a conversation about the future. We live in challenging times, and I think we need more collaboration in society, in public services, in our economy, all to create a better future. So we're exploring what a collaborative society could look like, how you build it, and where the green shoots are. And as part of this, I'm talking to some fascinating people about how they are creating change through their work. Emma Reevy runs the Trussell Trust, um, basically food banks. And it's one of the sad things about this country that uh, food banks have become, well, the new normal. But Emma brings to her work uh, a sense of quiet outrage um, I've always thought that the English have this way of being outraged, which is really civilised, and Emma brings Emma brings that to the fore. She's someone who is deeply outraged by the job that she does, and by the by the need for the job that she does. But she brings to it a humanity and a quiet understanding of why why the need is there but also who's responsible for it and wanting to do the work of, of, of holding up a mirror to society in a calm, measured and dignified way. And I think we need that. Um, we need that more than ever. And Emma uh, is a really good example of it. So I really want to talk to Emma Reevy and that's what we're going to do. So Emma Reevy, tell me about yourself. Tell me about how you got here. So I think from quite a young age, I was... Um, really interested in working to combat social injustice. So I think that started from quite a young age, but particularly at university, I kicked in. And so when I left uni, I decided to go and work for an aid agency. So I worked for Tier Fund for a few years. But actually in the course of that, I moved to London. I was working, living in Tooting and living near um, a housing estate that was just behind our church and saw a lot of young people who had nowhere to go to hang out of an evening and got involved mm. in youth clubs mm. with them and running mm. a couple of youth clubs. Mm. And really from that fell in love with working with young people. And so I got, I the next two organisations I ran were youth employment charities. So working in the East End of London with young people who were struggling to access employment opportunities and education. Mm. Um, mostly because they were living in poverty. They mm. were facing disadvantage mm. that I had been lucky enough to grow up without mm. and so tackling those issues and really since then I've continued to work in the area of trying to tackle social injustice and so when the opportunity came up to work for Trussell Trust it was just a, it was a natural choice because I'm seeing increasingly people who were were experiencing the types of poverty that were meaning they, they didn't have enough money to buy food for their families. Mm. That's That's appalling. That's structural yeah, injustice. I'm curious. You mentioned church. Well, I mean, yeah. I'm always intrigued by the people who who want to change things or yeah. see social injustice as opposed to people who don't. What is it about you? <laughs> sort of, what, what was it? Was it was it growing up in is it is it in religion? Church. What is it? Church? What, what what is it that what how did you notice? So I do think I th I think that's definitely been an important part of my life, mm. and so definitely my my faith motivates me. So mm. Jesus was really clear, and the Bible is really mm. clear. In mm. fact, you have a responsibility to love your neighbour as yourself. Mm. So if you're experiencing what you experience, you should hope for and wish for others. Mm. And I think that that balance of power. Mm. 
is mm. something that really resonates with me from from the Bible and, and from my faith. Mm. It's not something you're not doing something as a favour to someone else. Mm. It's not charity in that traditional mm. understanding of the word. It's about equity. It's about yeah. fairness. About, about justice. About the way you should live. About the way you should live mm. in community. And, and, and tell me a bit about the trust. We, we spoke earlier because I've mm. been around the. Um, the, the little food bank you've got here, yeah. which is amazing in a small space. Incredible stuff. Tell me a bit about how it really works. Sure. And, you know, what do you have to do to get actually a food a food parcel? Sure. What, what, you know. So the Trust of Trust supports about 1,300 food bank centres around the UK. So these are local people who have set up mm. food banks in their communities because they've seen people locally who are struggling mm. to be able to afford food. Mm. And in order to access a Trust Trust food bank, you come from a referral agent. So that would be a frontline service. So it could be school, could be hospital, could be a citizen's advice service. So somebody who's working locally as an advisor or support organisation within our communities is working alongside somebody and identifies in the course of that interaction that they, they don't have enough money to buy food, that they are in such an acute crisis they don't have money to, to buy food. Mm. And so they will refer them to a Trust mm. Trust food bank. And they will come either through our e-referral system or from a voucher-based system and come in and we'll, we'll provide them with three days of emergency food for themselves and for their families. My name's Rebecca. I manage the Waterloo food bank here and also advice services at Oasis Hub Waterloo. Uh, so we're in our kind of small store space full of shelves uh, somebody the other day told me it looks just like the back end of a supermarket so uh, but just just much <laughs> but just much just much smaller yeah exactly um so we've got all of our standard kind of non-perishable food items we give away we've got soups fruit fish pasta rice everything else you could think of as well as uh, we you've got things like you've got incontinence pads and <laughs> Woman's yeah. antiperspirant. Yeah. yeah, we try and. Not odd, but they, might, they don't think of a food bank. Cause... Yeah, I think we've really tried to spread the word recently, and you'll see because we have got lots of these items. You know, if people can't afford the basics of food, they probably can't afford shampoo and toilet roll and laundry detergent and that kind of thing. So we try and make sure we've got a good, good stock of those in as well. So uh, our volunteer teams are here. Um, several times a week and they're sorting food donations we weigh everything here they put it all away on the shelves date check it make sure it's all good to go uh, and then while we're open our teams are here and they're packing up the parcels for people uh, they do an incredible job of we ask kind of people about dietary requirements and preferences and all of those kind of things they do this amazing job of sort of tailoring each parcel to each individual that comes in and you know they they'll go rooting through every single box of cereal we have to find the one thing that that person really loves. What's, what, are the, what are your opening hours? Yeah, so here uh, at the Waterloo Food Bank we've got three sites actually that we operate from and um, we're open six days a week across those uh, three sites. So a couple of hours uh, each session uh, and that's when people come in so and Saturday, receive the food. you're open Saturday, yeah. not, but not Sunday? Yeah, we're open Saturday, but not Sunday, Sunday. at the moment. Okay. So that's yeah. the only day you have off, basically, all the volunteers have off. Yeah, exactly. Do you see people who were once middle class, who never thought they'd need a food bank, come, come in here? Yeah, 
I think we see all kinds of people mm. who need to come to a food bank. You know, mm. there's not. I think people conjure up in their heads a sort mm. of stereotypical mm. image of uh, somebody who yeah. needs a food bank. You know, we have PhD students sometimes who need mm. to use a food bank, mm. and we have uh, people who've been in really well-paying jobs and mm. get made redundant mm. need to use a food bank or had a relationship mm. breakdown. You know, there's so many things which mm. can lead to it. You know, and and people who are in jobs that should be paying them enough. Mm but just aren't getting enough in to meet the cost of, of living. So, you know, uh, nurses, teaching assistants, those kind of people are the, also the kinds of people that we see in a food bank. What do you say uh, uh, to people who, who really do believe that it's impossible to go hungry in modern Britain? You know, you can always you can always go and, you know, make some potato mash or, you know, buy something cheap and, uh, you know, there's no need for food. You know, no, nobody, and if, and if you're, you or your children are going hungry, it's because you're a bad parent, you know, or you're, or you're just incompetent in some way. What, what do you say to those people? You say, come, come and volunteer at a food bank for a couple of sessions and then mm. let's have the chat. Yeah. It, it, it's so far from the truth mm. that, and, and it's, it's often not my story to tell. Yeah. I think, come. Yeah. Help out. Yeah. have a chat with people and if you're lucky yeah. they'll tell you their own story yeah. and you'll see how far that is from the reality and, and when politicians come uh, to see you mm. both on the left, the right or in yeah. the middle um, what do you and, and it's particularly if they believe in the welfare state because yeah. this isn't the welfare state is it? No, it's really. a failure this is, this of social security exactly. what, what do you say to them? because I'm assuming quite a lot of them want to believe that there is a welfare state mm. um, and quite a few of them believe that what you do should be the future of the welfare state. And I wonder what you say to them. So I think we're really clear that we are a canary in the mines. We're mm. a stick in plaster. Mm. We cannot, we can't replace social security system. Mm. So it's really important we're engaging with politicians from mm. all sides mm. because the reason people are coming to food banks is because of a failure of social security mm. or a failure of employment to work. Mm. And they, that, that's in the purview of politicians to fix mm. and to do something about. So it's mm. really important we be engaging with them. Mm. But it's also extremely important that we're clear that we are not the solution. We mm. should not be living in a country mm. where people have to have um, donated goods distributed to them because they don't have enough money to buy food. Mm. That, that is, no matter how well we seek to deliver food bank, mm. how compassionately and how much dignity we seek to ensure the process is filled with it's a deeply undignified mm. thing to mm. have to come and ask mm. for donated mm. food mm. and do they walk away the the people the politicians that you see different or do they walk away you know thank you very much Emma it's been a lovely visit and they're sort of exactly the same or have you seen people change as a result of coming here uh, most definitely politicians. yeah most definitely mm. I think it's very hard to come and if, if you're willing to come and sit for a period yeah. of time and speak to people who have come yeah. to to our to use our services mm. or speak to volunteers who are mm. here I think it's very very difficult to go away unchanged by that experience sure. um, and mm. it leads to further conversation right so why hasn't it changed and, and in asking that question I'm not Blame, yeah. I'm not putting no, you no, in this. No, no, but, of course. But why do you think it hasn't changed then? Because, you know, I'd have to say, I agree with everything that you're saying. So what is it? In fact, my understanding is that you're growing. Mm. <laughs> so why why hasn't it changed? Why, what's what's your notion? I think, I think we've seen in the last five years a 73% growth in the number of people That's who need incredible. to come and use our services. And it's not coincidental that during that period of time, Billions of pounds have been taken out of the 
social security system in our yeah. country. Yeah. Um, so we're, re- we're really clear on the systema- systematic, systemic reasons yeah. that are pulling people into poverty and forcing them through the door of food banks. Mm. Um, so when we have had some movement from government on putting money back in to the mm-hmm. social security system, unfortunately with the benefits freeze mm. in its fourth year now, mm-hmm. and with so much money having been taken out of universal credit just at the point of it being launched, yeah. uh, it's still a drop in the ocean compared to what has already been stripped out. Yeah. So we're dealing with the ramifications of that. Yeah. Simply put, even when benefits are working as they should, mm. they are insufficient. And so, I, I suppose I, I can't help thinking what it is that that's not stopping from politicians of either side. Although I suspect it's more on the right or on the left, uh, from just being outraged, as outraged mm. as as I am, as you are, and wanting to change that. What what do you think is in their minds when they go? I think to... many are outraged. Mm. Actually, I mm. think so. We work with politicians on from all sides mm-hmm. and they are they do see it in their communities what's interesting is it, often they're seeing it in their surgeries and MPs are horrified at mm-hmm. what they're seeing the kind of the, the injustice of the system the inequality that people are experiencing so often we're so, why don't they we're, it? so I think part of it is there needs to be the will it's, a, it's an act of will so there has to be the political will but also I think we we all hold responsibility yeah. as members of the general public to hold them to account yeah. if we're not marching on the streets asking for it why why would they and I think mm. that's we I, one of the things so when I was thinking about our conversation today and thinking about a kind of a society functioning as it should yeah. it's a society where nobody has to use a food bank because nobody allows it mm. nobody mm. nobody allows that to happen mm. that's our yeah. that's our responsibility and what are we doing all of us to ensure that we consider it to be unacceptable that someone in our community needs to come to a food bank for food. I guess not enough. At, at all levels, there are there are challenges. I think, for me, one of the biggest challenges I have is that I deeply believe that my job is to work towards a world where food banks aren't needed, mm. to where we are gone, where mm. we do not exist. Mm. Like, passionately believe mm. that. Mm. But last year we saw a 19% increase in the use of our services. Right. So one half in of one my year, brain 19%. in one year. So one half of my brain is working out how do I support mm. our food banks when they're sustaining that mm. level of growth mm. and uh, and all the strains and stresses that, that come mm. with that mm. in terms of generating food donations mm. and uh, volunteers to service mm. those donations mm. and support for people in crisis. At the same time as trying to pivot off of our back foot, because mm. that's a very reactive yes. service, yeah. Yeah. onto our front foot and say, mm. this is unacceptable. How do we make changes? Because we know that single parents mm. are dis- way disproportionately yeah. represented yeah. within people who are having to come to food banks than mm. they are in, in general society. Mental health, substance machines. Absolutely. Mm. So one, one, one third of people who come to food banks are experiencing issues around mental health. Mm. Difficult to say what starts mm. what, because mm. I think struggling to find enough money to pay your bills and to pay for food is inherently very stressful that'll do it it. exactly um so i think system wise and and strategy wise that's that's a tension we're living with for our food banks for our volunteers if you look at um the five-week wait that is built in to Mm. universal credit Mm. we are seeing volunteers who are struggling with their emotional health their mental health as they are they're supporting people who are coming to them, mm-hmm. knowing that mm-hmm. they've still got another five weeks minimum 
to wait yeah. until they have money yeah. and, the, and and trying to support people in crisis when they're struggling like that is is very emotionally draining and oh, challenging yeah. oh, we have people who set up food banks seven years ago who thought they'd be doing it for like a year yeah they can't they cannot believe mm. that they're sitting here seven years on mm. and there's no light at the end of the tunnel that this is going to stop anytime soon horrified and what impact does that have on on, on your staff and, and, and your volunteers what impact does it have on it's really draining and they are they're feeling it now they're incredible in how they pull together mm. we've just done a series of road shows around the country so i've mm. had the real privilege of meeting about 600 mm. people over the last two weeks and they are extraordinary people mm. But they are extraordinary people who started doing something that was this size, quite mm. small, and has now grown out of control. Mm. Where we have job centres signposting people yeah. to food banks, yeah. so it's becoming they're they're fighting on a local level not to become part of the establishment, not to become part of the inst- mm. institutionalisation of our of our state, and yet. They're also seeing increasing cuts to local services mm. and they're having to replace more mm. and more things because yeah. they're treating the person and supporting the person who is there in front of them on that day. Do, do you think that... I hear that you don't, that you're desperately the passion, you're banging the table there. Sorry. By the way, we're in an office, so if you hear the doors shut, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's what it is. But if, if do you do you think that, that almost you're being forced into becoming yes. this adjunct of the state yes yes and words in your mouth, no no like but it's it. it's not you're not wrong we we're fighting it with every fiber of our being mm. because it's absolutely unacceptable that it'd be mm. some kind of second class food system mm. for people on low incomes that's mm. just that's awful mm. i don't want to be part of that that's not what i got into this work to be doing it's not what any of the volunteers or staff in our food banks got into this to do so emma Reevy, pm what are the big issues that you change? What are the big, what are the you know, is it yeah. the, the big the economy? What what are, what are the big things that you that you think needs to shift if you were? So I I, I had privilege yesterday of being in Scotland at mm. our roadshow there, and when we're talking about social security in Scotland, mm. it's a very different conversation. Mm. And I think one of the questions you said we might we might mm. look at today was around hope, and I mm. like I have hope, I have a lot of hope. Mm. Um, and what I love about the, the articulation of Social Security in Scotland is they talk about dignity, kindness and fairness as mm. being three principles mm. that are underlying mm. the Social Security mm. system. So I think, f- and also, they are very explicit about the fact that the Social Security system is about fighting poverty. Mm. Mm. So I think for RPM, mm. it's about being really clear mm. that that that's the role of the social security mm. system it's not just to move people into work mm. because also we know that even though the highest level of people are in work mm. now mm. than ever before mm. we also have some of the highest levels of poverty mm. Mm. and that is because it's the type of work so I, w- I would want a PM to be very interested in the quality of work yeah. that people are getting is it stable is yeah. it secure is it fairly paid is it dignified yeah. is it progressing mm. are people staying on ridiculously low incomes for long, long periods of time, or are they moving? Yeah. Are they progressing through yeah. employment? Th- then I wouldn't, I wouldn't need to be here. Do you think um, this? John Higgs, an author, who uh, talks about the splutter test. Of, you know, when somebody suggests something that's um, 
that gets the um, the public or the Daily Mail readers or just anybody basically, you know, cup of tea and spluttering all over uh, people when they read it. And one of the one of the policies, the ideas that's come about is this universal basic income. Yeah, I love the idea mm. actually of of somebody saying there's a there's a basic level of of existence that we say to one another we are worthy of. Mm. Mm. And one of the things I think when we talk about food insecurity, there's lots of measures you look mm. at around food insecurity. And one measure that really struck me that I noticed the other day is about whether you can offer hospitality to somebody once a month or not. Yeah, that's I think that's really, for me, it's not just about how much food yeah, you're going to yeah, have in your co- really cupboard like at any given moment, but whether you can have community, yeah, whether you can so- offer hospitality to somebody. I like it. And so when you talk about universal basic income, I want I want us to agree a level of of what we believe it yeah. is to be human, yeah, what, yeah. what we believe dignity. it is to be a community, what is dignity. Mm. So I think if you start with some of those principles and mm. then you, you look, well, what's that going to cost? Mm. So we agree and that's where we go wrong. Yeah. We look now at what we can afford yeah, yeah, yeah. and then those that are most powerful take what, what mm. they need mm. and then whatever's left, left. <laughs> is, is dished out yeah. to those with less power. Instead of we say, this is this is what we believe we would want for ourselves mm. and for our neighbours. Mm. What do we want for our, for each other? Really like that, and then we cost it up. Yeah. And then I we mean, afford it's it. It's interesting, isn't it? You, how much you take for granted the fact that you can invite a friend round yeah. for dinner or invite friends round for a cup of tea or just somebody yeah. cop turns up. And actually, you realise that, that actually food poverty means you just... So it's isolated it's because it's you can't offer anything. Yeah. That's and And I think yeah. so much of how we how we build community. So being able to offer tea with somebody, have have somebody to come around for tea and share that time means it's easier then if you if you get into difficulty a few yeah, weeks down yeah. the line. Oh, it's much easier to have a conversation yeah, because yeah. your whole interaction is not based around yeah. a, a kind of, I'm only coming to you because I've got an issue or there's something. You've, yeah, you've yeah, extended yeah. hospitality and we are, we are people of community. Yeah, so food poverty, so collaboration, so collaborate, yeah. Was basically, I mean, I was struck by this by the um, uh, by Darwin's um, statement that this hardly ever used, hardly ever used, um, because everybody believes that he, he was all about the um, the survival of the species and all that. But actually, what he said was, and he, he was that after all these years of studying, he said this. You know, what I've worked out is that the species that survives and thrives is the species that learns to collaborate. Interesting. Right? And one of the things that Collaborate, which is um, has been doing is doing this year, is actually inviting people to answer the question: What does a collaborative society look mm-hmm. like? You know, what does it really work? And yeah. actually, you've been talking a lot about about that. But I want to ask you directly: really, You know, what would a collaborative society look like from your point of view? And is it and is it the wrong word, the wrong thing to be thinking about? No, I think it's absolutely the right thing to be thinking about. I think. I think the biggest problem we have at the moment in our society, and it's rife, is the amount of time we spend othering people. So if in, in, our, in our context, uh, in around food banks, if you ask people who they think are coming to food banks, mm. it's always somebody very other than themselves. Mm. And I know mm. that um, food banks something that's happening to us to mm. to me mm. that anyone can experience a breakdown in a relationship a loss of a mm. job a period of mental health mm. this any of us could find ourselves in a situation mm. where we need a social security system mm-hmm. um but the biggest problem i have 
day to day is that so much time is spent talking about this being something that's happening to another group mm. of people. Therefore, we're not talking about what we want for ourselves mm. and what we want for each other. Mm. We're talking about things that are happening to people who are over mm -hmm. there, who are distanced from us. And by othering, it makes it very easy to make kind of callous, cold decisions about mm. what should happen mm. to those people. Because mm. we're not thinking it's our sister or our mum mm. or our cousin or mm. ourselves. Mm. We're thinking it's something that's happening mm. to other people. And I think whenever we're having conversations about society and what we want from society, we have to be thinking about mm. it in terms of collaboration mm. because of cause and effect. We mm. have an impact on one another, whether we want to or not. Mm. And what I find fascinating when I'm speaking to volunteers in our food banks is with the same breath that they, they talk about compassion and that mm. that's one of their core values, they also talk about community. So, and what they receive from as volunteers, what they receive from being involved in food bank. Yeah, yeah, okay. So the reality is, by caring for one another, yeah, we receive as much as we, yeah, yeah. As there's, we give. there's a lot of evidence for that. Actually. In, in, fact, in if you look at the um, when people have looked at what keeps you mentally healthy, yeah. actually giving, you know, emotionally and practically. So could you think of practical things or real uh, things, structures or shifts that would bring about a greater collaboration? Do you, you think you don't have to? But no. I'm just curious about what you know. Well, I think we one needs to model it. Yeah. And I think to collaborate, mm. you have to get rid of ego. Mm. Um, so structurally, mm -hmm. if you're looking to collaborate, mm. so if if politicians were to lay aside party politics and say mm. we want to see an end to food banks in the country, what we're we going to do together? Yeah. That would be transformative. Yeah. But to do that, you'd have to lay aside ego and party to have that conversation. Mm. So I, for me, the first the first step towards collaboration is ditching your ego. Mm. And if you're doing it organisationally, it's leaving your logo at the door as well. Yeah. <laughs> like how, We're in this room as, yeah. as people, yeah. as members of our society. Yeah. What are we going to do to yeah. work together? Yeah. Um, so there's something, there's some, there's some element of letting letting go of these things that we think are so important mm. that is the first step towards mm. collaboration and mm. you, and then we need to model it to one another and, and as a i mean i'm going to call you a leader because in a sense you're in that you, you are in a in, in a role which invites leadership yeah. right what, what do you think that leaders need to do that's that's different from what leaders do now you know in, in institutions organizations mm. and you've talked about laying the ego at the door yeah. but if you were to kind of define leadership in this collaborative yeah. space what, what would you it's it's generous mm -hmm. I, I would say and I, I see it all the time so I see people within um third sector exhibiting these characteristics all the time of generous mm -hmm. leadership saying okay what can I do to support what you are doing mm -hmm. and and the reality is like as Trussell Trust, we collaborate with loads of other organisations mm. and really value the fact that the leaders in those organisations mm. are like, okay, what 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 are we going to do in this space? Mm. How do we speak to government with one voice? Mm -hmm. How do we ensure that our cause, or the work and the effort we're putting in mm -hmm. is working towards a common cause? Mm -hmm. So our campaign to end the five-week wait for yeah. universal credit, mm. loads of organisations are supporting mm. us mm. in that. Mm. And that's that that's how you bring about change in a campaign. Of the Oasis, actually. This is a yeah. Right yeah, here, it, it is. You the, the food banks, by their very yeah. nature, are a collaboration mm. because it's individual food banks are mm. part of a mm. coalition, mm. part of a network. And I mean, it sounds like that you, you're saying that uh, moving into the bigger, you're saying that as a society, leaders need to 
need to kind of um, get rid of the boundaries between their organisations and other organisations yeah. in order to yeah, okay, that makes sense. And also, self self perpetuation has to be inconsequential. Yeah, yeah. That's very hard, yeah. particularly in a third sector organisation where you yeah. you know the challenges of. Do you think that from the third sector organisations? Do you engage with the private sector? Yeah. And and what no. do you? Because you mentioned that the third sector in relation yeah. to this. Yep. kind of leadership what do you see when you engage with the private sector so I, I or indeed yeah. the public sector so in both areas so when we're talking about collaboration if we really want to see a change in society mm. it will be a collaboration between all of the sectors mm. it won't work otherwise mm. i think third sector can come up with some great ideas and do mm. some great collaboration that have absolutely no significant shift mm. in in how society works mm. if employers mm. In the, in, in the commercial sector mm. aren't paying fairly, mm. aren't creating spaces that are safe for their employees, mm. nothing much is going to change there. And if the public sector aren't creating public services, both at local authority level and national level, that are appropriate, nothing's going to change there. <laughs> so we need, to be, we need to be seeing that kind yeah. of leadership and generous leadership across mm. all three sectors. Do you see the, that in the private sector and the public sector? Do you see green shoots of that? Very much so. I've seen mm. a real shift, actually. Okay. I think um, as young people Ooh. are coming into the workforce, Ooh. they are demanding a synergy between mm. the values they hold personally sure. and the values they feel their employer should hold. Okay. And so, I, again, another thing that gives me a great deal of hope is young people and their desire for a consistency mm. and a lack of hypocrisy between their aspirations and, and their workplace. So increasingly, I do see real engagement from commercial from businesses to see a, a, a shift in society to see it to have a social impact mm-hmm. beyond that of just their services and products right well that's god i'm starting to feel really good about the future uh, well, so lots of things give me hope actually i'm very hopeful i'm really sad that so many people are having to come and use mm. our services, but I'm really hopeful that there are 40,000 volunteers, and that's just in Trussell Trust. There mm. are people providing community mm. support and mm. food aid beyond mm. Trussell Trust mm. every day around the country. Mm. And when I've been around six of our seven roadshows around the UK mm. now, and I lead a, I've led a workshop on our shared values, mm. and I've asked everyone mm. the mm. kind of strongest motivator, and they've all articulated far and above everything else compassion. Mm as their top value and then when you ask them to mm. unpack what those behaviours are that sit mm. behind those values mm. non-judgmental mm. solidarity mm. dignity mm. they're walking meeting somebody where they are mm. and walking with them mm. and then justice this sense of change this can't carry on there must mm. be a sense of change that's that's just people going about that's them volunteering on top mm. of their normal jobs mm. doing stuff like they, they, there's hope because people in their communities have said not on our watch mm-hmm. this has got to change we just need to scale that up and also I know that most of our food banks are supported by run by have mm. volunteers by, who, who are people with lived experience of poverty mm-hmm. so we know when we man food drives mm. that the people who are donating to us mm. are often people who have, have come close to needing mm. food banks or have experienced the mm. challenges of living on a low income mm. so there's a whole group of people out there yeah. Who could mobilise yeah. and I'm demand change? I'm going to advocate, actually. I'm, I'm going to play the extreme. I think I think you know I'm a crossbench peer, so I can have a go at more. But I'm going to play the extreme right wing politician, right? Yeah. Who says to you, Emma, that's fantastic. 
Um, I can understand exactly what you're saying, and the, those green shoots are brilliant. So the decision that the government made to cut, to shrink the government and the mm -hmm. welfare state yep. has forced people to become more aware of their communities and to yep. give back. And, and your, the story you're telling is superb, and you know, mm. and it's Christian, which is, you know, oh, I know that it's difficult, and we're really grateful for the challenges that you've taken. It must be really yeah. hard, but please, more volunteering is wonderful. You know, you're doing a great job. This is, you know, and it's actually it's testimony to the hard decisions that the government have had to make to cut mm. back on welfare. Yeah, what? that that would not be the first time I've been asked that question, yeah. Victor. So there, there's a few things I would say to that. One is it does not matter how lovely the welcome at the door. Mm. or the cup of tea that somebody mm. provides somebody when they come to a food bank. We are asking people to do something that is deeply undignified. Mm. To have to come in and say, I can't feed my family. Mm. Could you please, from your mm. collection of donated goods, mm. provide me with some food to mm. take home? Mm. That's dependent on whether there's sufficient donated goods. Mm. There's no choice necessarily. We give as much choice as we can. Yeah. Somebody comes in, but it's, it's a... It's a deeply difficult mm. situation and what you need to know is that for every person who's coming in yeah, there's tons that are not yeah. because it's just too much yeah. and by the time people come to us when I've, I've met people who've had nothing to eat for days mm. before they've come in mm. is that what we want for our mm. society because mm. that is that something to be celebrated mm. something to celebrate is our volunteers and their tireless work but do we want to celebrate that of ourselves as the sixth richest country in the world that people because it's a it's a nice room and we give a nice cup of tea and that mm. that, that that in exchange for that in exchange mm. for shaving some money off of our national debt mm. people have to go hungry mm. or go through the indignity of coming mm. and asking for handout mm. that's not acceptable you got me right wing politician you've got me i'm feeling a bit shamed now i'm thinking that's that's probably i might be i might be what you're saying is that, that the community created, I mean, I'm, I'm putting, tell me if I'm yeah. wrong, but it sounds as though what you're saying is that the community created by your volunteers and the fact that the compassion and all that, and it's a high price, the, the, the food poverty is a high price to pay to generate that kind of yeah. big society yeah. to coin a phrase. And what, imagine mm. what those volunteers could be doing if they yeah. weren't propping up the state yeah. by distributing emergency food. Yeah. They're not. These people are not going to stop caring for their yeah. neighbours. They're mm. going to go and do something else. Mm. We've got issues of, of um, isolation. Yeah. We've got issues of people struggling with mental health. Mm. There's many, many things. We, we all need community. Mm. These are our communitarians. Mm. These, we, they could be doing something else other than yeah. distributing emergency food. Last question. Actually, second to last question, but last question. Do you think that you're building a kind of collaborative movement here? A kind of movement, almost a, not a political party, I don't no. think, because political parties don't. Um, but are, are you building something which is, in essence, is political, small p? In other words, yeah. these people are activists of a kind. We, we are really clear that everything we do is political because it's mm. about people and it's about mm. the policies that affect people. Yeah. And we know it's policy that drives people Absolutely. to food banks. So yeah. we're political. Mm. We're not party political, but we are political. Yeah. Um, and we know that the solutions that will stop people having to come to food banks will be found in policy, mm. both at local authority level mm. and, at, and at a national level. Mm. I think for me, Provide, if we can provide a space for mm. people who are having to experience poverty mm. and people who are witnessing poverty mm. in their mm. communities mm. to come together and demand that something must change, yeah. then I'm, I'm, I would be really pleased with that. 
And yeah. the last question is, we, we're gonna have, we're gonna have background music, right? Because Joe here is a brilliant producer, and, and I'm into music, and I, I haven't asked you whether you are or not. Actually, I've asked <laughs> but I did say that the background music for this podcast will be of your choosing. Um, and I'm wondering what it might be. What, what, what do you reckon? I'm, I'm going to say I, I, I predict a riot, but you're not like Oh, that'd be good, no, no, actually. I'm... We can have that play in the back. I can just see it. I predict it. <laughs> That's a brilliant idea. Your book. <laughs> All right, go on. <laughs> I predict a riot. That's brilliant. That's fantastic. I thought you were going to say we might like, fight the good fight. Or, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Something like that. No, I would have got 5,000 miles <laughs> right the way up. Like, oh. <laughs> You can find out more about the work of Collaborate and the Collaborative Society on our website, collaboratecic.com. Do get in touch if you'd like to be part of the conversation.